Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Andrea Kennedy, a financial planner, uh, to talk about how we can potentially make the most of the circuit breaker to take stock of finances and plan ahead. Andrea, good morning. Welcome to Weekend Mornings. Thank you for having me. Can you hear me okay? Can, absolutely. And Andrea, okay, as we great. start out, you know, when a lot of people are very stressed right now over their changing financial situations, some people have lost work or have reduced work. Um, others are, are, you know, thinking that uh, things are a little bit tenuous right now. What is the best way to, to think about managing short and long-term thinking around this current uh, unprecedented uh, financial scenario that we're in? Right. So great question. Um, So just so that your audience knows, I've actually worked with families through about four different financial crises. So I'm I'm kind of very familiar with this playbook. Um, And so you're right to address both short and long term. I think part of the problem is, so there's two sides to money. There's the technical data, how much do we have, how much do we owe, all of those pieces that go into a proper financial plan. What are we invested in? Um, And then there's the psychological side, how we're actually dealing with all of this stress and how resilient we are, right? So every financial, you know, everyone comes out of uh, kind of these crises. And I know this is a pandemic, but it is also involving some type of economic uh, crisis, which impacts our finances. But we all come out of these things. So people have to understand that we will come out of this. Things might look a little different, but Asia particularly is going to probably come out of this in a slightly better position than other parts of the world because they've addressed it quickly, because uh, the economies are nimble, because we've learned from SARS. So over the long term, um, there's good news. Uh, the, the short news is, or the short term is really addressing what's going on in our household. How are we communicating it as a family? Are we being transparent with one another in terms of where the money is? I think in too many families, one person knows what's going on with the money, but not everyone else does. And I think this is a great opportunity during this downtime to sit down with an Excel spreadsheet, a piece of paper, chalk, it doesn't matter how you do it, but really address how you're spending money and go through what you really need to spend money on and what can you really put off or defer spending money on. You've just described my conversation with my wife yesterday. <laughs> We're talking with Andrea Kennedy, the financial planner. And on that point, I've got a couple of uh, Singaporean friends who do like to play the stock market year round. And I was talking to one of them and they did sound a little bit like that stereotypical gambler in the casino who chases it, who chases the losses, who says, I've lost a little bit of money through COVID-19. So I'm going to try and chase it back and win it back by playing the stock market. I mean, what would your advice be to those who are thinking, I will try and get my losses back quickly in the short term by playing stocks and shares or whatever it may be? I would say good luck because you may as well go down to Marina Bay Sands. You can't now. But I think that the whole thing, the whole thing about investing in the stock market is this. And I know that investing in the stock market is actually relatively newer to this region and to a lot of people who've invested recently in the last 10 years. A couple of things. One, the best returns are really total returns. That means your long-term capital gain as well as your dividend, right? Yes, you can try to gain in the short term, and you could be successful, but it is like gambling. So what I always tell people is to take a long view. Right now, if you want to take a long view on an investment, the, the straight times index is paying like 5 to 6% as a dividend, right? So if you can just sit in that as opposed to trying to pick individual stocks, 
that is a much easier and simpler way to play investments than just trying to make something back quickly because you can get into trouble doing that. And certainly I would like to add to that question if people do not take out loans to invest in the stock market. This is not the time to do this. Mm. There's a little too much uncertainty. I would just invest in this kind of straight times index and you'll probably be okay coming out the, the backside of this. And we're speaking with Andrea Kennedy, who is a counselor in financial psychology uh, and working with uh, with families now through four financial crises uh, to figure things out. And, uh, you know, your long-term view is, of course, one that is not uh, unknown to to many people who are in the financial markets, who play the markets, and, and we've all seen uh, in various index funds perform well over multiple years versus short term. Uh, but let's, let's talk about what uh, kind of short-term plans families can make as they are looking at perhaps some stress around their financial situation. How can they prepare for this uh, recession that, you know, we are likely going to have to face now for uh, some time, whether it's another year or not? How can they how, how can they hedge against that? How can they prepare? What types of things should maybe they be cutting down on or, or reducing spending costs on? Those types of things. What do you recommend to people that are that are really have to look at the here and now versus the long-term view? Well, I think every, I mean, what every financial planner who's good at their job knows is that every single family is different and every family has different needs. And so I'd hate to give just blanket response, but I think what every single family can do is sit down kind of a little bit like I was saying earlier and saying, listen, what have we been spending money on the last year? Really get a grip on that. Okay. I think a lot of people don't actually know where a lot of their money is going. Mm. We need food. We need shelter. We need to pay, you know, our, our mortgage or whatever we're paying. Those things are absolute necessities, and, they're, and they're, the mortgage particularly is a fixed cost. We need to pay our utility bill. Those things are necessities. Everything else pretty much is kind of a, a, a want, not a need. And I think really going through the want list, and some of this spending will be deferred because we don't really know. I actually think Singapore is brilliantly positioned to come out of this doing well in the long term. So the question might be, what can we cut back on in the short term? that we can then go back to later when things recover. You know, if we need to, you know, if, I'll give you a simple example. My son is in college. He's going to be painting houses this summer. It's not glamorous, but it pays really well. It's everyone being a little flexible with their idea of what their lifestyle is like. And if that has to change a little bit, that it's not the end of the world, right? And the more flexible you are in your thinking, and the more resilient you'll be, um, and the more resilient you are, the better you're going to be on the out, uh, outside of this. The people that really struggle are people who believe their lifestyle has to look like X. They have to be buying designer wear. They've got to be traveling every constantly. They can only fly business class. All this kind of mindset does have to, may have to shift. It may have to shift permanently or it may have to shift temporarily. But the people that are able to shift will be the ones that are the most resilient and, and really come out of this uh, in the long run doing better, even if they take a short-term hit. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You're speaking my language there. We're speaking with Andrea Kennedy, financial planner. And I wanted to ask you, related to that very specific point, I'm very conservative, low risk when it comes yep. to money anyway. And just recently, I, I mean, I say recently, literally like a week or two ago, I paid a chunk uh, off of my mortgage, and now I'm wondering right. because I, I just I'm low risk guy. I'm just thinking, is that the right thing to do right now? Pay off debts if you can, or should we keep the cash readily available just in case? I know 
it's not a one size fits all approach. Yeah. But generally speaking, what would be your view on that? Pay off your debts or keep the cash? Okay, so again, that's a really tough question. I wanted to ask, do you mind me asking if you're a PR here? I am, yes. Well, you know what? If you like conservative, safe investments, top up your CPF. I mean, people, I think, generally don't mm. understand how CPF works really well. It's probably one of the best savings mechanisms we have. Um, and I realize this is long-term investing because you can't just take the money out. But if you have some extra cash and you don't need the cash, CPF pays a very good interest rate. And it's this kind of secure... Uh, stable investment uh, process. Um, in terms of paying off debt, you know, if interest rates stay low, and they should theoretically stay low for a while, then I wonder if paying off debt makes, you know, in lump sums makes the most sense. I would say conserve the cash until you're really sure of how much, you know, how much this affects your, your personal financial situation. It's interesting, Andrea, and we're speaking to Andrea Kennedy, the counselor in financial psychology, that uh, many of the credit cards and many of the banks are offering uh, either a stop payment or just paying interest only going forward. I know OCBC does it for their credit cards, even American Express. Um, they will let you actually put your credit card on hold for the time being with no penalty uh, so that interest doesn't accrue uh, and penalties don't accrue, but just pay off the balance or pay off a portion of it uh, over the next six months, nine months, whatever it is. Do you find that that many people know that some of those things are are around and available for people to take advantage of? And, and what's your view on, on the value of some of those schemes? So I think first that people should recognize that, that this is being done so quickly and um, it's really a blessing to be living here because other countries, you know, this doesn't get halted so quickly. It's not done in such a uniform manner. So I think people have got to be really thanking their blessings that they're in Singapore and can take advantage of these things. So again, it's a household by household situation. I think if, if um, for example, let's say you defer your mortgage and it allows you to save forty, fifty thousand dollars over the course of this year, fantastic. If you think you need it, if you absolutely need it, I would say, or if you think you might need it, then take advantage of that. Obviously, you're going to still owe the money in the long term, and you might be paying more over the long run. People have to realize that this does ultimately accumulate. Um, so again, it's household by household. And I think if, let's say, two people are working and one person thinks they're going to lose their job, then this kind of, you know, kind of benefit really is something to take advantage of. I would say I would do it with mortgage loans because they're at a lower interest rate than credit card debt. Um, and this goes back to Neil's original question about paying off debt. I think it does make sense if you've got the cash to really get serious about paying down credit card debt if you've used credit too much or any kind of high interest loan. Um, but, but mortgage debt tends to be at a lower interest rate. Right. And I have an interesting question here. It's, it may seem off tan tangent, but you are a counselor in financial psychology. And I'm fascinated by how do we talk to our loved ones and our family at this difficult time about financial matters? Because, for example, I'm starting to feel bad about my own daughter because she's constantly getting lectured from me. And she hasn't actually done anything wrong per se. But whenever she may ask for something that in the past may have been a straight yes is like, no, you can't have that. There's people dying in this world and you need to get some perspective. And this poor girl's getting hammered every day. But at the same time, I think that conversation is being played out across Singapore right now as we talk to our children and our loved ones and say certain financial changes have to be made here. And this is the reason why. You know, how do we approach that with our loved ones when we make these financial changes? 
Neil, you have asked a question that is so near and dear to my heart, I could have written it myself. <laughs> he is so prophetic that way. You know, he asks some of the best oh questions in radio. It's unbelievable. That is, that is such a great question. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for confirming that for him. You, you, cannot have, you don't have no idea how, how happy he is right now. All right, sorry, carry on, Andrea. So listen, this is a big lesson for parents. Mm. And I've seen a lot of parents, and I'm not saying you, Neil. No, it's me. I'm just saying in general. (laughs) Anyone who has not sat down with their kids and been fairly transparent and had discussions about money and why things are the way they are, (laughs) this is the time to do it. The thing you've got to remember, there's a few really important rules of thumb. You cannot do this with emotion because then your kids are going to associate money and probably negative emotions, okay? I see a lot of adults, essentially clients, I call them, they're more like patients, who are so (laughs) traumatized by how their parents have handled money, Hmm. even though they're fully functioning, well-educated adults, they cannot manage money well now, okay? And that's partly why I have them as clients, to help them get on the right track with their own thinking. So you've got to remember to do without emotion, and part of that is really understanding your own money and your own finances and how you manage money in a household. So I think a lot of this will be people asking themselves, like, what are we doing with money? You know, wh- what are we spending money on and why are we spending money on that thing? The, the third thing I would say, and, and again, if you have data, like if you can say, okay, listen, this is how much income we have. We might have less. This is why we all have to address how we're spending money. Everyone's got to address how they're spending money. In other words, you can't tell your kid no and then go out and spend money on crazy stuff that you don't need to be spending money on. Mm. So it has to be everybody's got to participate. Otherwise, parents are going to look like hypocrites. And I have a lot of adult clients, again, who've had parents who are very hypocritical about money, and it's very damaging. So you've got to be transparent. You've got to use data, you know, simple spreadsheets, simple, you know, explanations with money, how everyone's going to conserve, that you're going to do it as a family, that you're doing it as a team. And I would also say four, I know how a lot of people in Asia, or particularly Singapore, look at jobs like waiting on tables and painting houses like my son is doing. You know, it might not be the worst thing that your kids have to go out after this and like, get a job Absolutely. or do something that's not glamorous. You know, who cares? It's money. So let's get like everybody get a little bit more real, right? Not just just your kids. Okay. Yeah. Excellent advice. Andrea Kennedy, counselor in financial psychology. Thank you so much. And Andrea, how can people get in touch with you if they want to get uh, some more information or some more guidance from you on this? So the good news is I can deliver fully online financial planning. I'm at uh, www.wiserwealth.net. I have a tool that you can download off my, off my website that will allow you to do financial planning for your family. So you can do a very quick financial plan for your family. It doesn't cost anything. You don't have to register. I don't want your email. Um, but you can go to my website and just download tools off my website. And I'd recommend that people just start doing this. Andrea, thank you so much for being with us today on Money FM. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.